0: hi folks welcome to another episode of film study this is ken mccusic we're back here for part two of our quarterback countdown for the nfl draft here with gabe ferguson gabe how you doing
1: I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, appreciate you coming on. And we're talking about the top five. Seems like we're going to have, I believe, the same five names. And it's a heavily tiered quarterback draft, as we talked yep. a little bit about before. So we would kind of expect that. But uh, uh, this should be interesting because I think there is some a, a fair amount of differentiation in what I've seen of where people, how people order this top five, especially recently.
1: Yeah, I think... Um... If you look at it, kind of take a step back and, and look at the top five players, you really can pick nits with every single one of them. Um, there, there isn't one that's a perfect kind of prospect. Um, and I think that's you know a big reason why the, you know, every person or every analyst might have a different ranking. Um, but it, it's definitely some talented players. I think there's a lot of upside. And I think really any one of these five players could potentially have a very good, bright NFL future
0: yeah completely agree
1: all right so let's start with your number five guy so for me and this is probably someone who might be higher on other people's lists, but i'm going with will levis out of kentucky as my number five quarterback um so he there's a lot of things you you like from him from a kind of a physical perspective he's big got a big arm um athletic you know he played well in a a, Good SEC team. I think, you know, um, that that is a good bonus for him. I think, you know, the level of competition that he played against every week is something that's going to help him when he gets to the NFL. Um, my concerns with him are similar to some of the concerns I had earlier um, when we talked about Hall. Um, I, I, I think he has some issues with decision making. Um, and I, he's not the most accurate, in my opinion, um, and those are just kind of the two knocks that I, I would have on him. Um, he also puts mayonnaise in his coffee, which is just weird. Um, I didn't know that. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, you, you clearly, I think, you see the upside with him. I, th- I think he played in a you know, he played in a very pro style offense, um, which I think benefited him in college uh, but I think it might also be something that could be a detriment when it gets to the NFL because you don't have that you know ability to kind of move into a, an offense that's that's really going to be better than the one you necessarily played in in, in college so it's kind of t- same thing we talked a little bit about with Stetson Bennett just um, to, to some extent um, so I, I think there's there's things about him that are are positive. Um he, he it wouldn't surprise me if, if he ends up being you know one of the better quarterbacks out of this draft class. Um but I get kind of the, the vibes of um uh he was the the guy that the Bears drafted I can't Mr. Bisky. Uh, I get Mr. Bisky vibes from him. I was gonna I get, say
0: Sam Darnold. <laughs> no 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 yeah no, no. Mr.
1: Bisky I get I get I see some of the same things. Kind of like he has athleticism, he's got like a good arm, like he can move around and, and make throws on the run, but when he comes, like down to like making plays under pressure, um, he's willing to stand in the pocket. But is he going to make the right decision that I'm not sold about?
0: I think you, you hit on a lot of really important points there. Six four two twenty nine kind of it reminds me of the Pillsbury Throw Boy a little bit, Jared Lorenzian. The, the, uh, but he has – one of the things he has that's really unusual for the class is 10-5-8's and five eighths hands. These are absolutely enormous. Should not have a big fumbling problem in the NFL. He also gets rid of the ball very quickly. It's a little bit unusual for a guy his size. It does happen sometimes. you know, Roethlisberger, we've seen it recently. But 2.58 in terms of average time to throw. Some of that's also Kentucky, by the way. They're, they're not a good SEC team and obviously uh, playing against a pretty – Ruthless pass rush week after week would be a would be a difficult uh, row for anybody to hoe. Uh, kind of a throwback in terms of being a pocket passer. Uh, only a passer rating of ninety six point five in NFL terms uh, for his college career. That's a level that usually NFL defensive talent will really punish. Everybody is better. He's going to face unbelievable um, freakish defensive ends who will put him on the ground hard. He's going to face, uh, you know, tackles that can occasionally push the pocket very effectively. Defensive tackles. I'm talking about now, corners and safeties who know what they're doing and can read him better. Uh, yes, you know, so it's it's it, it, he's going to be under siege from all angles to maintain, you know, that kind of a passer rating. And and frankly, he's got to get better as a as a passer of the football. You mentioned some accuracy issues. Uh, quick release is often met, uh, mentioned as something that reduces his accuracy. I didn't know that that was, you know, had to be a thing. So I think maybe it's more a case of just building up his accuracy with that quick release and not trying to undo his quick release, which is probably one of his good features. (laughs) So uh, I I didn't really like that. He's taken a lot of sacks at Kentucky. Um, It's, it's almost every quarterback who gets drafted and plays soon gets into a bad situation in terms of their offensive line. Um, you're, You're, you're not as good as what you had in college. Um, but he's one of the few guys who actually might even if he if, if it's just an average NFL offensive line he gets yeah. might actually do better in in terms of what he's got so that's a that's a possibility um levis very good reacquirer of the field so i did like that about him uh, rpos go all the way into the mesh he kind of gets low and goes goes uh into a squatty knee position sometimes with that that mesh point that may sell it more uh which will be interesting to see if he can do that it's 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 a it's a form of turning your back because he's not seeing the whole field in the same way when he's squatting into the mesh like that. So uh, he's really trying to sell it and then reacquire. And I think that's a that's a positive that could translate fairly well. Um, when he had good time, which wasn't all that often, but there's plenty. If you want to watch his highlights, you can certainly see this all over the place. There's good examples of multiple reads and the use of wide-angle vision. So you can definitely see he's got time. Read one, read two, read three are happening um you know quarterbacks don't really ever get to read five you sometimes talk about it if you have an extended play you might break down then all of a sudden you throw hit a fullback maybe that's you know read four or five on a play but it really doesn't happen very often and um you know when the, when the time to throw standard is you really hope your quarterback can hold it for three seconds to extend a play you know they just can't make that many rate reads in that period of time but he's he what he does very well i thought was Um, Look at the field with that wide angle look where he's really trying to process multiple receivers and choose between them on the go. And that also throws off the safety throws off whoever is that um, uh, either under coverage sometimes, but but most importantly, it's probably the safety in terms of um, racking up yak and and in the case of a linebacker, not getting a, a underneath ball tipped because he gets read easily and a window gets closed, so th- those were good things. I liked it. Um, he really runs through contact as a runner. Uh, he is a tough sob and he'll run you right over. Uh, after he breaks the pocket, I think they'll coach that out of him at the NFL level because I think it's just too dangerous. Um, he'll eventually get hurt. I, I, I would think doing that definitely is not a Lamar Jackson, I'm figuring out how to go down guy. He doesn't know how to really take a tackle well because he's always running directly into that contact. He's not elusive enough to make other people miss. They have to take whatever tackle they can get. Uh, it's more of a, they know exactly where he's going and they have to figure out how to get him down and that might be low. And if that's the case, he needs to not do that in the NFL level because he'll, he'll get hurt. Um, I, I think, you know, it's he's been clearly pegged as one of the top four guys for a long time here. And there was even talk that the Colts were the guy were in love with him at number four. That one of the other team he might even be drafted number one overall, given who he is. I, I just don't see it. I mean, his, his college play is not at that level. Um, he'll be 24 years old in June. It's not anything about his age and developmental prospects that should look so great. And and I think if you're if you put him ahead of any of the four guys, or certainly any of the top three guys um, that we're both going to have probably in the in the top four, I, I would. You know, I just think it's kind of arrogance on the part of projection i don't I don't really like to over project players the big example came up this year by the way at the cornerback position where Christian Gonzalez is is getting all the love mm-hmm. and he's he's thought of as being you know the, the top corner and everybody's in love with his height and weight and I understand that he's six two over 200 and that's a nice thing it's a great place to be if you're cornerback and he could easily be Jimmy Smith type cornerback in in, in terms of that um, the guy who presses the sideline, and whatnot, but he gave up 8.8 yards per target this last season. That's bad. That's yeah. really bad for an NFL, you know, ready cornerback to do. And the other guy in the in the in the, in the uh, group at the top of the class is Devin Witherspoon. Well, he he looks less impressive physically. Doesn't fit the mold exactly, being only five eleven, and, and you you can point to other shortcomings but the fact of the matter is Devin Witherspoon has better instincts he plays faster than, than he is and he's allowed less than three yards per target guy last year was Trent McDuffie who was just outstanding results and he was actually knocked by some NFL people he fell in the draft a little bit further than people thought and he ended up having a great year for the Chiefs in terms of uh, of what he did for them and He's got a Super Bowl ring, and so are the Chiefs, frankly, <laughs> because of uh of some of the things he uh, he accomplished. Anyway, I, I like Levis. I, I I wouldn't project enormously forward in, in in most part because of his age.
1: Yeah, the, the age is something that I I failed to mention, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, he was he was a transfer, I think, out of Penn State. Yep. Um, and he he didn't make it there, so he went to Kentucky. Um for someone who you're thinking about taking very highly um in this draft to be 24 years old coming into the nfl i think that's definitely a red flag for me um so i mean i think he probably goes top 10 if we we're like kind of like placing a, a, a bet on it i think that's probably where he ends up but it wouldn't surprise me if, if he falls a little bit further than, than some of the people are thinking for sure yeah i i
0: i think he could go in the top 10 and if um just like, i i'm expecting five quarterbacks to be gone by about number 20 yeah and i think this when this after the seahawks pick who definitely have room to take a developmental <clears> guy <throat> uh you know we'll see five quarterbacks gone if it's six and i think the only way that happens is if dtr um somebody sees the upside in him and wants to buy into that i don't think there's another guy honestly down the line who, who deserves it um I, I i think then you could you could potentially see six guys go in the first round but uh But it'll be interesting because I think there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on those picks around 16 through 19 to get the kind of the last quarterback, um, that people believe in.
1: Um, so you, you have him as your number five then?
0: My number five guy. Yep. Okay. So we're the same. All right. We're the same number four guy. We probably have, we might have the same all the way up, but let's hear your number four guy.
1: Um, for me, it's Hendon Hooker, um, out, out of Tennessee. Um, really phenomenal this past year. Um, one of the best deep balls you'll see out of, out of a college player. He's, he's got the accuracy. He's got the trajectory. Um, he can get the ball deep in a hurry. It's not something that's a, a long, like kind of arching um, rainbow that most, most NFL quarterbacks can throw, but he, he can really put it on a good trajectory. Um, you know, he, ha- he has some upside from athleticism. He obviously had a very bad injury to end the college season. So that I think that's a big question mark. Then um, the other, Kind of thing we talked about with Levis as well as with Hooker is is the age. So he's also going to be an older quarterback. I think he's going to be 25. Um, so that's something that is is a negative for the same reason it is for Levis. Um, but I think the upside with him is greater. I think you know he, he to a certain extent he played in a, a more simplistic and quarterback friendly offense um, even than, than Levis did. It was it was very he had good wide receivers and they they schemed them open very well. Um, they kind of did like a it was a little bit of like an air raid type offense. Um, So some of those numbers are a little bit, maybe overly exaggerated, but you know, the, the raw ability to push the ball downfield is is really exceptional with him. And I think that's why for me, I, I would definitely be comfortable taking him in the first round.
0: Yeah. Both of, we did the wide receivers the other day and both a Hyatt and Tillman. Uh, Hyatt's my number five guy, actually, among all the wide receivers. I really like him, and Tillman was an honorable mention for me, but to have two guys like that on the outside, there's there's not too many teams. Ohio yeah. State, maybe, who who's in a similar place in terms of having really top receivers. Uh, still, he's the SEC Offensive Player of the Year for for a uh, reason. I, I think the ball is out quickly from him, which is not completely surprising. It's, it's 2.60, but not – not the play extender you might expect him to be with his athleticism, but part of that is that he does throw a lot of deep balls and deep balls come out quickly. So you, you actually throw a deep ball oftentimes in less than 2.1 seconds um, just because most of the time is the ball traveling downfield uh, to, to, to find the spot. I thought what was really exceptional about him on the deep ball was he knew how to throw his, throw his guy throw to a point on the field, where the receiver on either side whether it was Tillman or Hyatt or even somebody else um did not have to give up all of the lead they have achieved on the defensive back they had beaten so you know where where they had made a good move and gotten wiggle gotten free by whatever means some of it physical too by the way um then then they were able to maintain that lead because Hooker didn't underthrow the ball by too much now one of the things if 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 the if the wide receiver has the defensive back beaten underthrowing the ball has value and in the NFL this is true too because you you have a much higher chance of getting a pass interference call because a trailing um, man in man coverage in particular is not going to be able to look back for the football in the same way cuz he has to catch up that's the primary thing so most of the time he's going to be hands through and if you can underthrow that ball a little bit obviously decreases the chance of the overthrow and you still really give yourself the classical two positive options in terms of the um uh the the completion or the pass interference call uh hooker did that very well uh touch on the long ball is exceptionally good it's all rainbows drop in the bucket beautiful shots uh it's and i agree with you by the way he's he's perfectly comfortable throwing a flat football Mm -hmm. a lot of guys a lot of quarterbacks in the past and you can you don't have to look any further than kyle bowler as a guy who never really developed that deep touch uh, not the NFL level, anyway. He was a guy who wanted to throw a ball on a line all the time. And when it's not open, it's not open. And you don't want to be throwing a ball on a line deep very often. So I, I really liked uh, uh, what I saw from Hooker in terms of his touch was exceptional. Got the ball out quickly enough that he was not uh, under-throwing the receiver particularly often. Uh, all the things about his eye level, his size, the arm angle, the release – is a really good combination for throwing over linemen. And he's one of the few guys in this draft at 6'3", 217. He's got very big hands, by the way, too, um, who can get the ball over the line of scrimmage without having to create artificial windows of these sidearm three-quarters throws, which I think they're good if you can do them. Hey, it's fantastic if, if you're Mahomes or, or, or Lamar Jackson to probably a lesser extent, and you're a magician with those kind of throws. That's great, but it's kind of that's something you have to develop to get by because you, your overhand motion won't necessarily get the ball there. So uh, Hooker is a guy who, who is really going to get the ball over the line, effect, I think, very effectively at the NFL level and, uh, and won't be knocked down too much by uh, defensive linemen. thought he navigates the pocket fairly well on extended plays. He's not really a natural rollout extender. Um, you, you don't see a guy who says oh i'm here i feel pressure i'm gonna roll right now if you if the play is a design roll out sure he can do it like yeah. anybody down the red zone but it's but if, if it's if it's a i have to create and move that's not really his game as much uh does scramble a little bit but he's really a straight line runner uh, another tyler huntley guy limited wiggle uh, there it can, can get you some yards don't get me wrong but i, I don't think he's a um read a particularly great read leverage guy nor a throw wiggle guy that makes and makes somebody else miss I, uh, and and you know you rarely get both those in one in one runner then you're talking about jackson or gail sayers or somebody like that but but if you have one of the two like dtr i think is a really good leverage reader not necessarily a great wiggle guy he's got a little bit of wiggle but but he's but he's a really great leverage reader um th- th- that's very positive you don't have to have both you just have to have one i don't think really it's not really Hooker's game in, in either case. Got some speed, but that's not really his uh, his thing. And we'll, we'll see what he's got left after coming back from this injury. Uh, I'm very interested in where he goes. Uh, I think he is a consensus number five guy, but I've seen talk just today that, uh, you know, one guy thinks he ought to be the number one quarterback in the whole draft, which I can't see from an availability for season one perspective. But who knows?
1: Yeah, th- that's a little bit too rich, especially because of the injury. Um, for me, if, if maybe without the injury, you could, you could, um, consider that, but with the age and the injury combined, that that's a, not something that I would be willing to go to. Um, but I do like him a lot. And, and I think he has in some ways, just as much upside as, as the other quarterbacks in this draft. Um, I think the one thing that for me is probably the biggest question mark is, is the age more so than the injury. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, is he able to kind of develop more, um, or has he kind of had had his peak already, um, at playing in a, in a, a college offense that was, it was kind of like, you know, throw the ball all over the field. Um, what, what does that look like, um, in the NFL, even though he did play good competition, obviously in the sec and, and and he led his team to a much better record than like a Will Levis did for instance. Um, and, and he did have, you know, good receivers, but, um, he, he wasn't playing on the most talented team in the sec by any stretch. And I think his play was a big reason why they did as well as they did.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, he had good weapons, but I I would agree with that that statement. That's fair. And he's he's really the one old guy who's still a the guy candidate. You know, he's he's twenty he's twenty five actually in January, so he's he's going to be twenty six right after the season. Uh, and and yet he's still a guy who I think could be the guy for your franchise if you're looking for a, for a, a nine or ten year solution at quarterback. He could still be the uh, uh, the guy, but we'll have to see how uh, you know he's looked at. To me, he'd be too rich. In the first round, even if the Ravens had a chance to draft a 22, I think I'd be I, I i don't think I could pull the trigger on that, even though I have him ranked as high as I do. I, I just don't see the fit at his age for it to make sense, even though in a lot of ways, if Lamar's leaving and hookers coming in, it could be kind of a perfect transition. Mm-hmm. It'd be bumpy as hell, by the way, if that actually did happen. But but it could be the perfect transition. Um, I I I wouldn't see that as a as a reasonable option. But uh, but he is he's a guy. If you can afford to wait one year, he's he could be perfect.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I think he can come in and be a, an effective NFL starter right away because because of the experience level, the um the high quality of play that he's he's demonstrated. So,
0: all right, Hooker also my number four guy. So uh, we might go five, four, three, two, one, which Crawford and I did at guard mm-hmm. last year. So let's uh. Let's hear who your number three guy is.
1: My number three is Bryce Young. Um, I have him there strictly because of the size outlier. Um, he is terrifically good playing quarterback, good at playing quarterback, but his size is an extreme outlier for the position. Not only is he, I think, five foot ten, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, he weighed in at I think just over two hundred at the combine, but you watch him play he does not play at 200 pounds he probably plays at like 190. um and you know he did suffer an injury this past year at, at alabama and he has a very slight frame and he's not someone who's going to be able to carry and put on more weight um i think it's it's a concern um that's very real um he would be an extreme outlier to have significant success in the nfl at, at playing at the quarterback position for his size um you know when you when you watch him play he's he's almost a wizard with the ball um you know very like i kind of want to say drew Brees esque you know not to you know compare him directly to another small quarterback but just the ability to read the field um to make to make the throw with accuracy anywhere he wants it um he is good at navigating the pocket he does so many good things um i think if he was you know three inches taller he would be talked about as one of the best quarterback talents to come out in in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, but because of the size factor, I don't think you can get there with him and feel comfortable about it. Um, so it's, it's disappointing because I think he could, I think there's a chance that he could still be, you know, really exceptional in in the NFL, but he has to be in the right position. He has to play behind a very good offensive line. I think, um, he has to have, you know, a good system that's going to work for him. Um, but, it's a risk i think to take take him at a you know top 3 top 5 pick um just because of, of that out, out, outlier factor of of him being so small
0: well i think that's those are all fair criticisms and the height is certainly the question that that the nfl teams are going to have to grapple with in terms of deciding where he goes i do think he'll probably go in the top 4 so yeah. we'll see um but but uh, i had him at number 2 um, yeah. the 3.02 time to throw Brings up an entire series of questions related to him, because one of the criticisms of him is that he can't really stand in a normal pocket because he can't see over it. And we saw Russell Wilson move to Denver. Russell Wilson is just about the same size and had a lot of problems seeing over the offensive line, the Denver fans and you know, had one of them on the show before the Denver game last year. We, we're just you know, saying this is, this is a mismatch and, and whatnot. In a lot of ways, Bryce Young's an interesting cat because I think he kind of negates the value of a good offensive line. In that he, since he can't stand in a normal pocket and he has to always be creating, extending, and moving, it, it might almost be a better fit for a team that you better have, you better still have the blind side pretty well protected because you don't want him taking hits from there. You don't want a lot of fumbles occurring because of that. But if he has the same kind of ability to maneuver in the pocket and more importantly, feel the pressure coming from the blind side um, in his career and know how to navigate around it, as we've seen from Jackson, for example. Um then he'd be a great pickup for someone and and it doesn't have to be someone with a really great offensive line. I think they could they could maybe get by without that would be my I, it's a it's a counterpoint. I don't mean to just contradict directly, but that would be my my uh, uh feeling about it is that yeah is it,
1: no I, I totally understand that. I, I mean, to me, it's just a concern about if he could, takes a hit like if if he has a bad offensive line and he gets creamed by a three hundred pound defensive lineman, you know that might be the season for him. um and, and you know, we've seen players. To, a, for instance, another Alabama quarterback, Slater, a frame. Um, he's had you no know, concussion issues, um, but he's also had, you know, he had a hip injury. Like, it, it's really, I think, something that has to be considered in today's, you know, NFL, even though they are, you know, protecting quarterbacks as, as good as they possibly can, better than ever in the history of, of the league. But it's still a risk um, that, you know, players, career could be really derailed if he doesn't have the, the frame to kind of take the pounding that some quarterbacks take. Um, And he does do really well with avoiding pressure. I think that's great. Um, He, he moves around, slides around the pocket with with ease. He keeps his eyes downfield. He finds open receivers. Um, He makes, you know, he throws his receivers open. There's so many things you'd love to see about, uh, about his ability as a quarterback. Um, It's just that one question.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I think everybody's got that on their mind. 72501 is his birthday, so he won't even be 22 until yeah. July. So we've beaten all up and down on a lot of the other 24, 25, and even 26-year-old quarterbacks um, about their age. It's only fair to give Bryce Young the credentials here. He's he's the court guy he is at a very young age, and I would not disagree with the injury risk. I think there is some of that in, in particular. Uh, some people talk about about maybe being able to add muscle the way Lamar has um, even if he you know, he's obviously he's, he 510 is where he's going to be at his height until he gets to be about my age and then he'll be 58 uh, from from being 510 a- at his age. but he'll he'll uh, uh, probably uh, have some ability to put on muscle and and be a little bit of a tougher guy and that will probably cost him some mobility to do it. Um, we, we did notice that with Lamar that he wasn't didn't quite have the same top gear. Um, as he had before, but I, I think that, that, you know, so much has been said and so much has been, um, made of Bryce young. I think he's been the number one guy, presumed number one guy for a long time in, in this draft. He's not my number one guy. He's, I, I think the number one pick is pretty clear from the, from the top three. Um, but maybe we move on and, and, uh, and talk about that a little, a little bit ready to go to my number three guy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my number three guys is AR-15, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Uh, I, I really do love him. I mean, I, I, I see, you know, this, that size, what he can do on the field as an athlete, just jumps off at you. You know, tacklers fall off him, 10 half inch hands. I don't think he's going to be a fumbler in the NFL. Uh, the four forty three forty. you know, just what he looks like running that is just incredible. Uh, So, you know, it's uh, the only other more incredible 40 time there was uh, Adebori, the defensive lineman who, who you know, 449 (laughs) or whatever it was uh, at 270. But, uh, you know, jumps like a power forward. I mean, 40 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot nine broad. And here's the kicker. Anthony Richardson is not yet 21 years old. He will not turn 21 until May 22nd. So. If you want to project development, he is the most reasonable guy to project development upon. Uh, And certainly was one of the great combine performances of all time. Um, You know, you've got wiggle and power as a runner. So I love that. I'm going to talk about some of his positives and we'll get to the negatives here. Um, If you go back to that Eastern Washington game, uh, his run, it was sideline to sideline in it was a third gear all the way. So he, he never was in really top speed, but he ran all the way to the right side and kind of tipped to the sideline, didn't go out of bounds, runs all the way back to the left side of the field, gains a bunch of yardage and eventually goes out without being touched, across the entire football field without being touched. It's just one of those plays that, that will stick out in my mind for I think a long time. Uh, the 3.18 average time to throw is indicative of the play style. He's really a natural extender. He's looking to run and he's looking to pass at the same time. Sometimes he definitely does take his eyes off the field and, and looks to be a runner before he has to be a runner. I think that's something that can probably be coached up at the NFL level. So uh, it's a lot of improvement to see in his game just during his time at Florida. So I think he's got a good chance to, to, to become better. Um, I think, even when extending plays, one of the nice things to have is that you're not easy to bring down, and and Roethlisberger certainly had that. Uh, he's got it too in spades in terms of a, uh, you know, it's 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 very difficult to sack the guy. And I will say that is completely not normal for dual threat QBs. And in fact, dual threat QBs, because of the nature, they can take shorter sacks, but they generally take a lot more sacks than anybody else. Randall Cunningham, who might have been one of the great dual threat QBs of, of all time, uh, was sacked on more than 25% of dropbacks in his rookie season. Just incredible. Uh, might not be a rookie season, but first year as a starter. Anyway, it's just ridiculous. Now, Richardson, by comparison, was sacked on 3.5% of his dropbacks this last year. So uh, there is an NFL versus college difference you have to consider in that. You know, Obviously, he'll face another the whole level of the. Def- defenses and speed of the game and all the things that go with the nfl level but i still think he's he's probably going to take less sacks than most other nfl quarterbacks and certainly most other nfl quarterbacks of the same type uh just a mid-80s passer rating in college obviously that's got to get better And I think there's hope based on age and tools that you're getting that. One of the things you really notice, you can just watch his highlights for this. Don't even have to watch a full game, which I would recommend, by the way. If you're going to try and and look at a quarterback in particular, try and watch every throw from one game. And you get a kind of sense of the breadth of things. But if you watch his highlights, look how many of his highlight reel alone are throws behind the receiver, where it's the receiver making a good play. And it's uniformly, the throw is late. Ball's on the back hip of the receiver. He catches it and makes a huge play after the you know <laughs> run down the field after Yak. And I say, like, you know, th- that's a highlight for this receiver. It's not not really as much for, <laughs> for uh, Richardson in terms of how good a throw that was. Um, he would do really well to get a QB guru, uh, and you know, Joshua Harris might be the right guy for him. You know, he certainly helped Lamar, and and uh, and but whoever it is, he needs he needs to spend his off seasons learning how to improve his game as a quarterback. Uh, as much as, uh, as much as he can, the Ravens obviously won't catch a whiff of him. Uh, he could go number one overall. I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility, but I certainly don't see any way he last past number four. Uh, in, in this case, I think he probably is, is the most likely. Yeah. I, I, I don't see any way he makes it past number four.
1: Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um uh, I think, I think there's a real chance he goes number one. And I actually have him as my top rated quarterback in this class. Hmm. Um, Because I think, like I mentioned earlier, there isn't one quarterback who has all the tools, who has everything going for him. Um, And I think if I'm going to be taking a player number one overall, I want someone who has the upside. Um, And I think Richardson by far has the most upside of any quarterback in this class. Um, You know, he has freakish athleticism, not just for a quarterback position, but for like any NFL player. Um, What he did at the combine was was insane. it's a, a rare talent, um, just ability that he has from just from an athletic standpoint. Um, as a quarterback, he is absolutely a work in progress. Um, I, I think you know there are some things that you see from him that you say, okay, there there are things I can work with. There, um, he he um, he isn't the most accurate for sure. That that's something that he's going to have to improve on. Um, but I think that there are plays where you can see that he has you know, the ability to play within, you know, a standard, like, kind of NFL, you know, drop back and throw it. And, like, he has the arm strength to make pretty much any throw on the field. Um, he can get it there in good time. Um, I think that his mechanics are actually pretty good for someone who is fairly raw as a player. And that, to me, is, you know, it's, it's a good sign that he doesn't have to, like, kind of, like, unlearn and, and relearn that whole process of like arm angle and footwork and things. I, I don't think he's like needs a huge amount of work from that perspective. I think there's, there needs to be more consistency in, in his game for sure. Um, I, I He didn't play in, in what was like a, a great offense. I don't think at Florida um, and, and yes, um, he was, you know, he was asked to do a lot with, with his legs um, as well, as well as with his, his arm. Um, and I think that's part of who he is. And it's part of who he's going to be as an NFL quarterback as well. Um, but I think if you, you take all the tools, you take the fact that he's 20 years old, um, that, he, that he's really only played quarterback at, at this high level for one year, um, that there's just a huge amount of upside with him. Um, and I mean, the other player we're going to talk about is a much safer pick hundred um, percent. Um, but i think that you know you could potentially have you know a superstar with 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 um richardson and i think for me that's why he would, he would he's my top rated quarterback because of that
0: yeah i, I think that I, entirely fair and i i wouldn't really um uh, in any way berate having him as the number one guy uh no matter what he's he's number three for me, but that's uh that's just the the, the case of it um in in terms of let's say the ravens traded Lamar Jackson because it's the only way this could happen and got the number one overall pick, um, this year. Okay. Now Carolina is not going to trade the number one pick for Lamar Jackson, but let's live in this alternate reality for a second and, and pretend like it could happen. Um, who would you take among the guys?
1: I would take Richardson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I think you he can step in and be a, a starter right, right away. And, and yes, he's going to have some, you know, probably developmental needs as um, as, you know, as, as a passer, but I think what he can provide you as, as a a runner, um, and, and he has the frame to really be a, a running player in the league. Um, I, I mean, at the, the bare minimum you're getting someone, I think it's like a, like a Justin Fields. Um, and, and I think he has the upside to be, you know, someone of, of maybe even like a Josh Allen caliber type player, um, who is that true, like NFL caliber dual threat, who can pull, down and run. And he's more athletic and he's faster than Allen is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Allen wasn't a great, you know, prolific thrower of the ball in, in, in college. He, he had accuracy issues, but he was able to hone his craft and become a, a much better passer it, once when he got to the NFL. And I think that's on the table for Richardson too. So that would be, that would be my pick for sure.
0: All right. Well, fair enough. I, I don't, I don't think it'd be a terrible pick. I probably like my number one guy more, but let's move on and talk about the next play. I guess we've only got one guy to talk about left, but your number two guy is.
1: Yeah. So CJ Stroud, um, Ohio state quarterback, um, very good player. Um, there's, there's nothing that you look at him and and say, okay, he's, he has a a big weakness. So I want to get that off the table, but I think there are areas where he excels and areas where he's not quite as good. Um, I, I think he's—he's he's, like I said, the safe pick in this class. If you're picking number one overall, um, one of the things that concerns me is the level of talent he had around him playing yeah. in in college. He had two players who could potentially be top ten, top five wide receivers, um, or drafted in the top ten of the NFL. I think um, we'll we'll see with Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. will absolutely go in the top ten, um, if not higher. Um, and you know, he's played with. NFL caliber wide receivers throughout his entire time at, at Ohio State. Um, great running game. You know, he's had all the things around him to excel. Um, what happens when those things break down a little bit? You know, we, we've seen him in some big games played at a very high level. I'm thinking about the the college championship game this past year, he really stepped up his game. There've been other times in the past where he's kind of not stepped up to the moment. Um you know like the Michigan game for instance, I think is a, is a trying example of of when there's pressure in his face when there's things a, a right. good defense that he's playing against where he hasn't been able to to play at that next level. Um so there there's some concerns there, but I th- I think, you know, you're getting someone who's, who's extremely talented, who's got you know all the numbers that you could ever want from the from the position he is th- athletic enough he doesn't really do too much with his legs i think that's something that you could do more with him um but i, I think that he has all of the tools to be a really good nfl quarterback
0: yeah i, I would agree and and some of the physical traits which we haven't completely talked about him mean, he's 6 3 he meets your basic size requirement 10 inch hands you know that's going to be good in terms of reducing the fumble risk and getting a better Keep maintaining accuracy, maintaining a nice tight spiral with an NFL ball. Um, 10 3 so he won't be 22 until October. That's a wonderful age to be for, for getting your first opportunity to, to, to lead an NFL team. Obviously, he had a great combine as a thrower. Uh, accuracy was really his calling card at OSU. A fantastic set of receivers. I don't disagree with you any of your context comments at all. He certainly played with a great offensive line, played with a set of fantastic receivers there. Um, you know, I, I made a, a unfair point about JSN and how his production actually slipped with becoming the number one s- receiver. After I'm missing the guys, but Olave and the other guy from Ohio State who left, who, who was done last year, but it's great.
1: He, he went to the Jets, and he's also slipping big Mike. Yeah, my Garrett, Garrett, hand. Wilson, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so you know, after after those guys, uh, you know, you know, left the team that that. Uh, uh, and Jigba didn't have as, as good a year, uh, but but it's you know still it's uh, uh, it, it is what it is, and and uh, uh, you know I think that, that Stroud can't lose everything on on context. Um, the one thing I, I really hate to hear this, and this is a this is a little bit off target, but the 2000 Ravens. If you ever talk to a Bears fan or a 2002 mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Bucks fan or a 1991 Eagles fan, they always try and put down the Ravens defense of 2000. Because they played a, a schedule that was fairly easy during the regular season. And one of the things is you can only play the teams in front of you. And the second thing is, as great as they were during the regular season, they were even better in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's where the other teams really can't say it. And the funny thing they try and do, and this is this is really h- hilarious, is the the Bears fans, they want to talk about the 1986 Bears regular season because that's where they really have a low point total. And they want to talk about the 1985 bears postseason and combine those two somehow into one season. But, but it really <laughs> the 86 bears, of course, got eliminated in the first round by Washington. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I always find that conversation to be particularly frustrating. If, if, uh, if you, if you want to kind of yank my chain a little bit, try to bring that up online sometime. Uh, I, getting back to Stroud here, I very few interceptable balls on the season. Um, a lot of on target balls. You really see that um just looking game by game for him and he had a, cu- a couple of very long streaks i believe of no interceptions like a 14 and a 15 uh touchdown streak with no interceptions it might have been longer than that uh uh in this last season and 85 and 12 touchdowns interceptions over in the last two seasons yeah. with 9.7 yards per attempt i don't care if you're throwing to you know two of the great wide receivers of all time that's still fantastic Uh, he's towards the high end in terms of time to throw. So he's taking his time in the pocket. I do credit the offensive line with that uh, a lot that there weren't a lot of hurried or rushed throws. So, you know, from a context standpoint, that might be a, a more significant concern with where he might end up in the NFL. Uh, he still did not get sacked often and he gets some of the credit. The line gets also some of the credit for that because both of the pressure number and the sacks as a percentage of pressure are both low. In that case, and sacks as a percentage of pressure, probably is slightly more on the quarterback. Um, being pressured at all is probably slightly more evaluation on the offensive line you're making. So uh, I like that uh, uh, about him. Great touch on the deep balls. Um, talk a lot about, you know, cutting off a passing lane and not making it easy for for a guy to hit a throw between level two and level three. And what we'd like to see from Ravens linebackers all these years, I've been whining about who they've had basically in coverage since C.J. Mosley left. And the, the fact of the matter is, and, and before Roquan arrived, but but the fact of the matter is there aren't that many guys who can do it well and and quarterbacks um like Stroud have the ability to just basically throw at exactly the layer they need to at the uh to, to hit those level two to level three uh throws perfectly. You can't really drag the seam, I don't think, effectively against him and hope to take away a ball or even take away his confidence in throwing a football at the proper level because he's so good at, at, um, at, at fitting in there. And he knows how to do it. I uh, think I hit on that. What else do I want to say? I don't see any reason why he's not the number one pick. Uh, I don't really understand the young pick, although they're not too far apart as passers. I think Stroud's physical gifts with a very similar passing profile uh, yeah. look very good. And and I I think he's, He's pretty clearly the number one guy. I can see. I can see going to Richardson. I really can't see giving it to Young over Stroud. So Stroud ends up being my uh, my number one guy in this, and uh, certainly we'll go in the top four again. And unfortunately, the Ravens won't catch a riff of them.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know with 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 Stroud, you're going to get a really good player. I, I'm fairly confident in that um, will he have. The upside that I think a Richardson potentially has—that's that, why I would swing for the fences, so to speak. Um, but there, there's—I don't think there's any bad argument that you would make for, or I don't think there's any strong argument why Stroud shouldn't be an option there at number one. Like he, he, he has all the kind of traits that you're looking for. Anything that you're dinging him for is probably a bit of a, a minor thing compared to some of the other players around him. Um, you know he's he's done pretty much everything you can do aside from like I guess winning a championship um, at, at the collegiate level. He's he's been an exceptional quarterback. So yeah, I think you know someone's going to get a very good player. Um, and you know what the environment that he goes to, like most of these players, is really going to dictate his NFL success. I think. Um, so hopefully you know there's a place that works works out for him well, um, and it's unlikely to be someone that the Ravens are going to see very often. So that's good for us too.
0: So let's be look at this, look back at our – because we had the same top five guys. We had Levis, Hooker, Richardson, Young, and Stroud, each in our top five, not not in exactly the same order, though we had the same five and four guys. When you look at those five guys and you compare it to, say, the 2018 first round, which had hit and miss – results in the end yep. i think it, we, we were confused by baker mayfield and he was mm-hmm. a shorter quarterback by the way who who didn't end up being as good as people hoped at number one but but had some flash in there for a little while then we had rosen whose career was a was a pancake and uh uh we had um uh josh allen who obviously yep. ended up being being quite good i'm forgetting i'm forgetting the darn darnold was darnold sam, darnold. Was darnold. sam darnold, darnold
1: went i think three or four overall he, he mm-hmm. was he was one of the higher ones yeah he went ahead of Allen, I think. Um, so yeah, so I and mean, he he had a bad, pretty bad career, I would say.
0: Um, yeah, I, I would say too. It's still going on. It's still in progress, <laughs> I'm sure, from Sam Darnold's perspective. But uh, but he's about to uh, about to get replaced, right, in Carolina, if he's even still there. I <laughs> I probably really don't know honestly what's happened to him this off season. i uh,
1: sure. I think he, he might have gotten picked up by the Rams. Mm, not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, he, 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 so the top five guys. How many? Would you say have a seventy-five percent chance to be an NFL star? Meaning that, that they're in the discussion to be one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, how many are, are a seventy-five percent chance to be that of this group? 70. so There's only one guy I think who really who really fits that bill. I mean, there's good projections on this on the other guys, but
1: yeah, I, I mean if the 75% chance I would probably put to Stroud. I think he's the one guy who has, he has the highest percent chance of, of being an NFL star. Um, I, I still think, you know, Richardson has a higher ceiling, but the chance of him getting there is probably lower. I'd probably put him at more like in the 50 to 60% chance of kind of making it. Um, but I, I do think with him, you still get a, a floor. That's that's pretty good. Um, so that, and that's why I would be willing to take the risk with him. But yeah, definitely, I think, if you're if you're looking at it from that perspective, you're you're going with Stroud. Yeah,
0: and and I'm I'm not meaning to beat on you for your number one pick. I didn't mean that at all because I agree with you that with Richardson that you do have definitely a higher upside, or as I would handicap it right now, a higher upside than than you have with Stroud. I think there's that's uh, that's legitimate. And and I I you know the people who like Bryce Young, that's fine too. He he certainly could be a a star in the league. I, I'm not saying he's not going to be. He's my number two guy. I, I'm saying he has more of a chance probably than Richardson from my perspective. A guy like Hooker, there's lots of question marks here, and it's not that that he hasn't been great at college uh, because he has been. It's it's just a matter of coming back from an injury at his age. What additional development can we see to him relative to the younger quarterbacks? And, And I think we've beaten that kind of topic to death, so maybe we don't need to keep doing it. All right, Gabe, always wonderful talking football with you on any topic, but this has been especially fun to go through the quarterbacks with you. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online.
1: Yeah, um you can find me on Twitter. It's the, it's the best way to get in touch um, at Gabe Fergie. Um I'm a really really big fan of of Baltimore Sports, Ravens, Orioles. Um willing to, you know, chat with pretty much anybody about about that. Um so, you know, if if you want to ask me a question, just, you know, have a conversation about it, you know, send me a DM. send me a send me just at at me on, on Twitter, follow me, I'll follow you back. Um I really like to just you know get all the perspectives and all the all the different kind of ideas and and you know people with with on twitter you have varying people that you listen to so it's good to kind of get all the different perspectives and it's one of the things that i really like about that platform so yeah d- um, you can find me there and love to uh love to talk with you
0: all right outstanding other folks out there if you'd like to be on a film study short and you'd like to come on and talk about a draft topic we have a little bit of time with that a post-draft topic, there will be time for that, and there'll be a lot of time before the season starts for whatever kind of off-season topics you have, franchise building. Uh, I'll be doing a series of looking at two particular Ravens again. If you look back to last year's pods that that had one defensive and one offensive player for a number of different people, I'll be doing some of that. If you'd like to be on one of those, let me know. Uh, but uh, the, that one play, I'm still looking for people to do that, and I'll, I can help you out for that if you don't have a play or you don't know what plays have been taken or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of good options still left out there. I'd love to talk to you, and I want to make it as, as uh, open a mic as we possibly can, and uh, please just hit me with a DM on Twitter. I'll respond very quickly. The other messages on Twitter, I want to speak to this really quickly. I have not been as responsive this draft season, just spending an unbelievable time amount of time watching tape um and and i'm really enjoying it and i i i kind of don't i can't take a lot of time off with twitter because if i have my tweet deck up and i'm watching tape on other machine i lose focus on what i'm doing and so i, I apologize if it's taking me a little bit of time to get back on that but i i will be back and we'll be having our own draft night gabe i think you're probably joining us for part of that at least right
1: um i might be able to i might also be on a Airplane. So we'll we'll see. I'll let you know about that. Um, All right. I'd like to. I'll, I'll probably chime in for a, at least a couple hours of it.
0: That that'd be wonderful, even if it's the second day or whatever. I remember yeah. now you you've got it. You've got a trip you're making that weekend, but uh yeah. but uh anyway, we'd love to have our, our our regulars and we'll be watching the draft together. It, it's something we'll be doing with with in conjunction with Huddle Up Films and simulcasting. I just want to say, uh, if you haven't done that yet, give it a try. Maybe look at last year's if you want to see what it's like. But it's a lot of of. Uh, people just enjoying watching the draft from a completely Ravens-centric perspective. We don't care what the number one pick, who's going to somebody else, had for breakfast. We care about how the why the number one pick affects who the Ravens might get in, with a later pick. So it's all of our all of our attention is directed that way. And if you're a Ravens fan, there's no place better to watch the draft, and we just have a lot of fun doing it. Gabe, thanks again
1: for coming on. Thanks again for having me, Ken. Always a pleasure being on your podcast.
0: And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.